Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seat, nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws?
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard see it's a Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Little Bo Beep, I'm out here shining. For the lost sheep, I'm out here grinding. I ain't talking cheese, I'm out here mining. Looking for diamonds, king, the business I'm mining. Trying to wake you up from the lullaby rhyming. Never can't touch this heat, pessimizing. He is a liar, so said the lion. He looks on. Shelter in my protector. Running to him, be faster than a puma. Holy is a wave, repping the ancient of days. Christ is a big girl,
I suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold. Wa 
Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. Uh, shalom, 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 shalom. Um, yes, brother says uh, we're trying to be back. Alright, we're, we're trying to be back. Um, The way it works here on Blog Talk, the way, the way the format has been, has been working with us for here on, on Blog Talk, is usually I'm, I'm able to schedule the show, and usually I'm, I'm, I can schedule the show the night before the class, whether it's uh, uh, my shows uh, here on Mondays and Wednesdays, um, whether it's Talkspot shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or Bondabot shows on Friday nights. Usually I'm able to schedule the show the night before or the day before. Um, and we've been doing that. But we keep getting the messages that the Block Talk servers are down. And every time we try and log in to a live show, um, I, uh, thank, thank you, Becky. Thank you. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, usually when we try to log into a live show, they've not been letting us be able to log into a live show. Um, so um, in frustration um, and, and not wanting to lose our class and stuff like that, we um, – I said, well, let's give them one more try. That instead of scheduling the show, let me see if we can just go straight live. They have an option where you can just, just go straight live. So that's what we're trying brand new for the first time uh, this, this morning. It's just, doing, just going straight live to the air. And as I'm getting, getting some responses back, thank you uh, again, Sister Becky, um, that you're able to hear the show, hear, hear the class. So we're going to try it this way uh, until uh, Blog Talk hopefully gets their stuff together. We do like the Blog Talk format. We do like how, 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 again, we've been with them since 2010. Um, we were looking into changing uh, uh, platforms, say it's a StreamYard um, or Clubhouse, but in doing so, all the archives, all the shows that we've done since February 2010, you know, Blog Talk, we're going to lose them. We're going to lose all those shows. So, you know, it, it, we have to try to, you know, do the pros and the cons of this and see, do we really want to go ahead and let go of all the shows and go, and go to a, uh, another service? Um, or do we want to find a way, hopefully, that the blog talk can make it work with us? Because it's been well over a week now, since the 11th was the last time we was able to get an actual show broadcast and actually get it, get it without any problems on December 11th. And today is, what, the 28th already, 27th? So thank you for your patience, brothers and sisters. Um, uh, I'm going to try to jump into the show today, okay? I'm going to try to jump into the show today. Uh, if anything comes up, please uh, please text me. Uh, uh, let me know uh, any difficulties you might have in hearing. Um, uh, if the show cuts off or, or anything like that, please, please, please te- reach out to me. Text me, Erico, 210-784-8463. Again, Erico, 210-784-8463. And let me know, okay? Let me know um, any, any technical issues that, that might come up on your end, all right? Um, and remember, you can reach us through uh, the link at www.blogtalkradio.com, or you can uh, call in to the live show, Erico, 646-668-2568. And that's what I'm looking for right now. This is the Becky always logs in through the, uh, through the computer. I'm looking to see if anybody who has called in 
um, if you're able to link in, if you're able to call in uh, and get access to the show through call in. So please, uh, anybody who does have the access, please let me know if you're able, able to call in and, and, and get access. This is, this is easy, okay? And we'll, we'll try it this way, okay? So moving on with our show, um, as we normally do. Shalom. Uh, welcome once again to an episode of Sweater Tree Presents of, of, of Bible Talk. Right, well, it's another episode of Bible Talk. Today is uh, December 27th, 2023, as we come to the end of, of this um, uh, Julius Caesar year. Uh, shalom, 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 shalom uh, to the 12 tribes worldwide. Um, uh, peace and greetings uh, to the believers in Christ. Shalom, 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 shalom. Um, as you know, uh, we are associated and we have schools located in San Antonio, Texas, Houston, Texas, uh, Nova Virginia, and Rochester, New York. Right? Um, our school in, in, in San Antonio is located at 4444 Walsham, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218, being the address there. They have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. And then you know, Saturday starting at 10 a.m. And um, congratulations. Uh, uh, to our school here in San Antonio, uh, the Sport of Truth. Uh, they, they're about to change locations, brothers and sisters. They're about to change locations. They're about to break ground on a brand new school where, where they had the construction being done from the ground up. All right. So um, all praise to the Most High in Christ for, for, for that accomplishment. Um, and, and please uh, reach out to them. Uh, that's the Sport of Truth, San Antonio, Texas. And you can reach them online at Sport of Truth, uh, San Antonio, Texas, YouTube channel. All right, and that's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. And every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. All right, shout out to those brothers there and those families there. To our school in, in, in the Houston area, the Stream of Wisdom. Stream of Wisdom, Houston, Texas, uh, the Stream of Wisdom, 231 uh, Evan Road, 1092 in Stafford, Texas, 77477, being the address there. Um, you can view them live, or you can go to their classes every Monday and Wednesday uh, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then again on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then again on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Catch them live on YouTube. Their YouTube channel is SOW, Houston, Texas, Stream of Wisdom, um, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then again come back on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, on their YouTube channel, again, SOW, Houston, Texas, Stream of Wisdom. For our school in Norfolk, which is located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, being the address there. Um, they have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then, then on Saturday, starting at 12 noon. Uh, you can reach them live on Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, and then on YouTube, uh, every Friday from 10 p.m. to 9 p.m., their YouTube channel, SOW, Stream of Wisdom, Norfolk, Virginia. Right? Our school in Rochester. SOW Rochester, New York, located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A. Rochester, New York, 14606, meaning address there. They, again, also have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then on Saturdays from 10 a.m., all right? Um, uh, please check out our other YouTube sources, The Hidden Truth Bible Show on YouTube, uh, The Israelite Media Corps on YouTube, Five Minutes of Wisdom on YouTube, and also Hidden Books, uh, also located on YouTube. Please uh, uh, like, share, subscribe uh, to those sources. Uh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'd like to say, uh, since shouts out to the brother Aisha Whitezah up there in Albuquerque, 
uh, you can uh, contact him at area code 505-218-4218. As they, they get together and congregate for every, every Friday night Sabbath and for Sabbath days. Um, uh, please reach out to them for the locations and for any Bible study or, or questions you might have. Again, that's Brother Aisha White Desire, area code 505-218-4218, up there in the Albuquerque area. And shout out also to the Brother uh, Mike Aller and the Brother, uh, to the brother Mike Aller up there in Dallas who does the uh, uh, weekly tour portion every Saturday morning, diligently. Every Saturday morning, um, starting at 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. And you reach, reach them through their Facebook page, Fountain of Wisdom. That's Fountain, uh, Fountain of Wisdom, right? Um, or the uh, brother, uh, Dr. Michael Ben Israel. Check, check them out. They do an excellent job bringing out a lot of history, a lot, a lot of uh, great information, and all they're doing is just read the Torah, all right? They're not jumping around um, uh, or what have you. They're just reading the Torah straight through from Genesis through Deuteronomy. If you just want to get a basic foundation, a basic understanding of just reading the Bible, if you just want to read the Bible, please reach out. Uh, the brother's got some excellent foresight, knowledge. He's been to Israel several times. The brother, I mean, he's, he's, he's a powerhouse of information. Um, I, I, I listen to it as often as I can. All right, so please check them out. Father Wisdom on Facebook, right? Father Wisdom on Facebook. Uh, ask to join, um, and, and they'll give you access. It, 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 they have some great content, some very good content, as well as, uh, again, our other classes from the Stream of Wisdom to the Sport of Truth. Please go ahead and check them out, okay? Uh, and again, as you've reached, um, hopefully we can start to wrinkle out some of these technical issues here with the, uh, our, our, the blog talk, our blog talk, uh, platform. Uh, we try to broadcast every Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Sometimes we go a little bit over. And then also, um, uh, on Friday nights, uh, starting at 8 p.m. with the brother brought by. All right. On Mondays, you have myself. Uh, again, I start the class around 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. Then we come back on Tuesdays with Tazfar Tuesdays, where the brother does about an hour, hour, about an hour of current events as it relates to prophecies in the Bible and, and matching prophecies with current events. And he goes to a topic on Tuesdays. I come back on, on Wednesdays. Um, then the brother of Tazfar comes back on Thursdays and does his FYI. FYI is for your information where he, he, he takes questions and takes um, uh, uh, conversations he has throughout the week, throughout the months, and he does some – the brother's an excellent researcher, excellent researcher. He does, goes and does research, and he brings, brings it out um, that these are questions and conversations he's had with brothers and sisters and families uh, to be able to get the biblical explanation and let the Bible do the talking, let the Bible talk, hence the name of our, of our platform here, all right? So with that, it's been a minute, brother sisters. It has been a minute. Again, the last time I was able to do a broadcast was December 11th. Right? Last time I did a broadcast was December 11th. So it's been a minute. Right? It's been a minute. A lot, a lot has transpired. A lot has, a lot has happened. But getting back on track, let's go ahead and go through our prayers. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and go through these prayers, okay? Uh, so we're going to ask. And as I ask, brothers and sisters, please write these names down. If you're not going to send the prayers with us at this particular time, please write these names down, uh, or you can go through uh, iHeartRadio um, uh, podcast, Apple iTunes podcast, uh, Google podcast, or Podcast Addict. 
as well as www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, go to the search box, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. And you go to any one of my classes, uh, just about all my classes uh, for the past three months, um, I do these prayers. And I've been compiling this list of names um, to ask brothers and sisters to please add these names to your own personal prayer list, knowing that the prayer of the righteous does avail much. All right, to the prayer of the righteous does avail much. So I'm going to send this prayer up, but I just ask that you might be able to get the names of the brothers and sisters and the families and the children that's on this list so that you might add them to your prayers in your private time, in your closets at home as well. So I'm going to ask the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to me now, right now. Please send your Holy Spirit of mercy and peace to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, and to build up. And Father, we ask that you might bless and that you might keep. Father, we ask that you might make your face to shine and that you might be gracious. Father, we ask that you live your continents upon, that you live your continents and give peace unto the sister Naya, who is the wife of our brother Yahweh here in San Antonio at the Sword of Truth. To the sister uh, 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 Bobby Dixon, uh, Father, to, to the sister Sierra Leek, the daughter of our brother David, uh, to our sister Abadiah, uh, there in San, in, uh, in, in Houston, with the, the, stream of, the stream of wisdom in Houston, with our brother Sukwakabar, out there in Norfolk, Virginia, with the stream of, uh, stream of wisdom in Norfolk, for our brother and sister Salman Raka and his wife Waradiah, also known as, as Ama and uh, Abba and Auntie, Salman uh, Raka and his wife Waradiah, uh, to the sister, uh, to the mother. Uh, Ms. Catherine Mardukes, the mother of our beloved brother, Tazapah. To our friends up there in Albuquerque, to Becky, to Darrell, and uh, to Carmen, who are being here right now, uh, Father, with the flu and, 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 and cold-like symptoms. We ask, Father, that you might be with them. Uh, to the entire Lovett family, my in-laws, to my father-in-law, uh, uh, Papa Lovett, uh, to, my, to my, brother, my brother-in-law, Shemaiwan, and his wife and, and their children, and to uh, my sister-in-law, Deandra, uh, and to her son, Tyreek, and their grandchildren. Father, please be with them, uh, the entire loved family. Uh, Father, um, we also uh, sing our prayers for Uncle Benny, love it, right? for Uncle Benny, love it, and we thank you for, 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 for the healing that you've given him and, 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 and touching him. We ask you, Father, for the entire Coates family, the, the family of our brother, Gabarkawa, um, please be with them. Please be with the brother Kazaki and his family out there in Nova Virginia. Please, please continue to be with our brothers Don Juan Mayang out there in Houston and to his family, um, to his wife, uh, Shariah, and to his son, uh, Benaya. We ask fathers for our brother uh, Don Juan here in San Antonio, the original sport of truth, Don Juan, uh, West Beverly. Father, we send up and we lift up to you our sister Ayana, the wife of our brother Awana Ayer, here at the sport of truth. Father, we ask that you might be with um, Tazapa and his wife, Arakaya, and their daughter, Cece. Father, we ask that you might be with the daughter of our brother, Gabarkawa, uh, his daughter, Aizali. And Father, we ask that you might be with um, uh, our brother, Bonabad, and his wife, Kwadashaya, and their daughter, Aliyah. Father, please continue to watch over, bless, and heal our brother, Tazapa, and his entire family. To our brother, Kodashkabar, uh, here in San Antonio as well. 
To our friend, Yanawathan, who is a traveling man right now, Father, uh, please be with him. Uh, to our brother, to the family of Brother Gabaya Allah out there in Florida. To his wife, Aisha. To their nephew, Keontae, and to their niece, Rihanna. And to our brother, um, Gabaya Allah's mother-in-law, Ruthie Mae Johnson. To our brother, Sankradas, uh, out there in Florida as well. And his wife, Mariah. And their son, Kazakia. And to uh, all of Sankradas' family. Um, to our brother Levander, brother LV, Father, please be with him and help him right now as he's going through um, something he's going through and help him to recover. And with his mother, Pat Washington. Uh, to our sister, Kwadashaya, the wife of our brother uh, Bonabai. To our friends, Sean Stark, Sylvia Khan. To our brother up in Albuquerque, Shapar. And to our brother, Yama, who's currently in Lubbock, Texas at this time. Uh, to the brother, Yasha Allah, out there in Gallup. Uh, to the sister Ainawa here in San Antonio, uh, Father, we ask that, you, that as we put your name upon the children of Israel, Father, we ask that you might bless them. And all the, all the things we ask in the name of our, of our, of our, our Savior, uh, uh, who the world calls Jesus Christ, uh, who we understand in the, in the Hebrew as Yahweh Shai. We thank you always. Amen. All right, brother and sister. So now we've gotten these. Uh, particulars um, out, of the, out of the way. Let me see. Okay, I can clear this message. Okay. So, let me pull my notes up here. All right, the last time I was able to broadcast, broadcast brothers and sisters, this, the series that I'm covering, the series that I'm going over is the truth about the, uh, the birth of Christ. Right? This, and brothers and sisters, it has been a very extensive uh, series that w- that we've been going in on. Um, it's been extensive, I, I, to, to say the least. It has really been extensive. But since one thing I try to do with to, to the greatest of my ability is let me pull that scripture up. Let me pull that scripture up. Hopefully to give it a little bit of understanding to who those who might receive it, who might be able to get it, who might be able to hear it. Like Christ said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no greater than him. He that, has, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. That so many people are going to hear just what they want to hear. It doesn't matter how you say it. It doesn't matter how you lay it out. It doesn't matter how you, how you present it. That people are just going to hear what they want to hear, period. Um, that's why, you know, Christ, the disciples asked Christ, why do you speak to the multitudes in parables? You don't give them a direct answer. To the multitudes, you give them parables. And Christ said, because their heart is going to follow what they want to follow anyway. For this whole time, from, from the time that, that the Israelites came out of Egypt, up to the time that Christ came, how many prophets had already been sent to the Israelites? We had Moses, one of the greatest prophets, one of our greatest leaders. Um, from, from Moses, Joshua, to, to um, the book of the Judges, and through, through um, all the way to the prophet Samuel. And from Samuel all the way through Isaiah, Ezekiel, um, Elijah, Elisha, uh, Malachi, um, Haggai, uh, uh, Baruch, um, uh, Mordecai, we've had so many prophets and servants of the Lord sent to the Israelites, Ezekiel, Isaiah, um, uh, Jeremiah, and our people still just follow what they want to do. They're going to follow their heart. They're going to follow their mind. They're going to follow their emotions. That just, and as much as the Lord God tells us directly, People still don't follow what they want to follow. 
they, they, we refuse, and I'm going to put, put that class together also, we refuse to hear the words of God unless it's going along with something that we feel, unless it's going along with some emotion that we already have. But to actually hear the word of God and that we're going to actually mold our minds, uh, uh, fashion our minds to think like him, we, we, we don't. We, we, it's all about just how we feel, and, and we can hear that. You know, um, that's why there's over 41,000 different Christian religions in the world today because everybody just wants to follow what they want to hear, all right? And, and unfortunately, not even unfortunately, that's prophesied by Christ, all right? That is prophesied by, 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 by the scriptures. That, that's how our people are. With that being said, brothers, let's go out to the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 28. When we go to the book of Isaiah chapter 28, it says, um, oh, hold on. is Isaiah 20 or is it 29? It might be 29. Um, let me look this up. Let me look it up. I should have had it already. Um, I feel I'm behind schedule. I'm behind everything. I got to catch up. I'm sorry, brother. It's Isaiah 29. All right. Please follow me going to the book of Isaiah chapter 29. Um, Just going straight to the point, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. It says, Wherefore, the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. When we look at this, brothers, the way I, when I consider this and the way I teach, and I've been doing this again since, since 1989 is when I first came to this knowledge. Uh, true, I, I was a young man at, at the age of 19, but since 1989, I've, I've been in this knowledge. Um, I've been in this knowledge. I'm just leaving it at that, okay? That you see where, where people really get caught to a cult of personality. And by a cult of personality, I mean that people really do get caught into how well, you got some nerve. A scammer hit me about some damn horoscopes. All right, but getting that our people really get caught into a cult of personality. That it's all about uh, they'll follow a person because of that person's personality. It got nothing to do with Jesus Christ. It got nothing to do with the Word of God. It's the personality of that particular teacher, leader, whoever it might be, a man, woman. You got some children at claiming they're evangelists at the age of nine, ten years old, and people just oh he's so cute or she's so cute. And can sing so good, and now whatever they say, because they get the, that that that, that, uh, and that, that, that that and that 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 preacher talk going, that people are not considered. This is an eight-year-old boy. What what's the eight-year-old boy going to tell you about the Lord? But because of the personality of that particular teacher, that particular leader, that they'll follow this particular leader or or person or individual group because of the personality of that leader of that teacher or that influencer but it has nothing to do with the scriptures it has nothing to do with the information of the scriptures it has nothing to do with the information of 
what the Bible is actually saying is completely based on the personality, off of the personality of that particular leader. Now, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with, in case you're not also, the, uh, the, corrupt, the corruption that's being revealed behind P. Diddy and, and um, uh, the Bishop T.D. Jakes. The, the Bishop T.D. Jakes runs the, 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 the church up there in, in Dallas, Texas, called the Porter House. It's a mega church, and he's a millionaire. Um, he's, he, he is, is T.D. Jakes is most certainly a millionaire, all right, behind Joel Osteen and, and uh, in, 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 in league with, you know, the Bishop Eddie Long and Creflo Dollar. Um, but he's being caught up in a scandal right now that's pretty, pretty devious, and that he's been involved with, with a lot of uh, – he's being sued right now for having um, uh, relations with, with, uh, uh, with a minor, with underage children, and that uh, there's allegations of the Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, being involved with a lot of sexual orgies and, and homosexual-type activities with uh, uh, P. Diddy. Now, I guess in a, in a recent broadcast, uh, he said, um, he's been saying things that, you know, if I did do it, and if I am wrong, then uh, the blood of my God is, is enough to cover all sins, because all sin can be forgiven except the sin of blasphemy. So this man who, who has, has, has thousands of people following him is able to come, out, come, back out, come back now and say things like this, like, uh, if I am guilty, that the blood of my God will cover me. What do you mean if, if you're guilty? What, what, to, to, to even try and throw that type of reference out there, and these allegations are, are, are pretty, pretty, pretty damning, all right? And they're, they're pretty heinous. Uh, uh, according to the scriptures, they, they are very heinous. Not just the American penal system and penal code. They're heinous. Homosexuality. Um, to be a, a, a pastor, a, a bishop, a leader, and you're kind of in homosexuality and, and the pushy type of things. Like you, you're very familiar with Sodom and Gomorrah. You're very familiar with, with, with uh, the book of Romans, the first chapter of, about men being with men, um, men leaving the natural use of a woman. You're very familiar with these things, the, the corrupting of children, of young men. You're very familiar with these things, and to be in the position of power and influence that you're in, and it's if you're guilty, if you're guilty, and you had you can hear as he's saying these things in his broadcast, you hear this whole his whole congregation and it's huge, but um, in the building it probably sits a couple hundred people in the building. You hear everybody starting to clap for this man. You hear everybody starting to clap for this man, and it's, it's a couple hundred people clapping for him, and all that behind his personality. Um, you might be familiar with a couple of years ago, the Bishop Eddie, Eddie Long, who, who was found guilty of, of, of uh, molesting and homosexual activities with congregants in his congregation. And as guilty as he was, he had other pastors backing him up, the Creflo Dollar, T.D. Jakes, um, and his congregation, they gave him a pass. He was found guilty, but they gave him a pass. Why would this be allowed to happen? Because of the personality of the leader. And this, how, this is an example 
of how many people you follow the person you're following or you follow what you follow. You're not really following Christ. You're not really following the scriptures. You're following the personality of that particular person. And this is the issue God told Isaiah about. All right? This is the issue that God told Isaiah about in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. All right? In Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. Again, and it says, Wherefore, the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. That, as the scripture is saying, Christ came back and quoted the same scripture. Christ, Jesus Christ himself came back and quoted the same scripture in the book of Matthew. But it says, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth. People are real good with their mouth when they love God. With their mouth, I mean, all, the, the crying, the shouting, the jumping for joy, the singing, the, 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 the praise God dancing, uh, the praise God skits, the, and, and every, all the pageantry that they go through. With their mouth, they'll show a lot of love. And they'll even do it with tears in, uh, in their eyes about how much they love Jesus, how much they love the Lord, how much they love God. Now, brothers and sisters, mind you, this is what God is saying. In Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, this, he's given us a record of what he's witnessing. He sees people. They come close to him. They come, come at him, and with their mouth, they show a lot of love with their mouth. And he says, again, I'm in the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 13, and with their lips, do honor me. Praise God. Love Jesus. Amen. Can I get an amen somebody? Uh, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, hallelujah, Khan, I don't want Khan. No matter what language you might speak, from the Paleo Hebrew to, to whatever, um, me uh, Dios, uh, for a little bit of Spanish I might know, that it's all about God. It's all about God, all about Jesucristo, that the people show a whole lot of love with their lips, they, uh, and with their lips do honor God. But listen to what he says. But have removed their heart far from me. Now, we always like to break down that the heart means it's talking about the mind, which it is. But remember, the heart, even more specifically, is talking about a person's appetites. It's talking about their inner appetite, not just for, for, for food, but the things that their inner desires, their, 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 their desire, their appetite, what they really feed off of, that their heart, they remove what they really desire, what their appetite is, has nothing to do with God. What's in their heart, their heart of hearts, you know, and we should all be familiar with, with, with talking about the heart from all the heartbreak songs that are out here, you're breaking my heart, and all the heartache people deal with. It says, but they, they have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the priests of the men. That it's, it's, it's what people call dogma. Let me look that word up. Let me look that word up. A lot of people follow what they follow because of dogma and the personality of, of somebody they found, a teacher they found, who says what they want to say and, and, and tells them what they want to hear, and that's why that teacher has loyalty. It won't be because the t- a teacher is giving them scriptures that will have them have to change how, their outlook, have to change their perception, have to change how they think and how they operate. No, they'll find the teacher 
that coincides with, goes along with how they're already thinking. So they don't have to change. That they can continue being the way they are, and they found a teacher, somebody in authority, who has enough scripture to tell them what they want to hear. All right? So let me look at the word dogma. D-F-I-M-E. Define dogma. D-O-G-M-A. Dogma. Oh, I almost messed up. 1828, 1828. All right. In 1828, the Webster Dictionary defines dogma as a set of opinion, a principle, maxim, or tenet. It can also refer to a, doc, a doctrine, notion, particularly in matters of faith and philosophy. For example, the Webster Dictionary uh, defines uh, tenet as any opinion, principle, or dogma or doctrine which a person believes or maintains as true. The word dogma comes from the Greek word uh, doken and means something that seems true. So because this particular a particular teacher, leader, influencer, uh, uh, what do you call it? motivational speaker, the way they might sound and giving their opinions, well, it seems like it's true. It's got nothing to do with, with actual the doctrine and the foundation of Jesus Christ, of the Bible, of the scriptures of, of, of the Bible. If you found a scripture to go along with something that you're already feeling, and I see, yep, that's Jesus. Uh, see, uh, won't he do it? That's the spirit. See, that's God. But let it be uh, against something that you like. Let it be a scripture against something that you favor, that you treasure, that you're holding on to as precious, as sentimental, or, or what have you. All of a sudden, that's not the word of God. All of a sudden, that's, that, that we, we feel that we have the right to be able to say, that don't go along with my spirit. Which, which the, the, that concept is mind-blowing. That whole concept is mind-blowing. That we've gotten to the point where you define your spirit as what you agree with. Not with what's actually getting you right with God. Knowing that, yes, in St. John chapter 4, verse 20, 23, God is a spirit. And those that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. And that the spirit is God's word that God is looking for those that are going to worship him in the way he must be worshipped, that we've got to a point where we feel we can define what's good for my spirit is what I agree with. If I agree with it, then that's my spirit. Then that's good for my spirit. If I don't agree with it, then that's bad for my spirit. That's not the spirit. That's not of God. That's not of Jesus. That can't be right. The reason I'm going through is in this tirade right now. Um, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm even going through this right now, brothers and sisters, is one thing I am definitely afraid of, as as as, as just me being a, a person, that you're following me because of my personality. Because what's going to happen is, and I, you see it time and time again, the minute I do something that you don't agree with, all of a sudden now the whole Bible's wrong because of my personality. Now, all of a sudden, the whole Bible is just off and wrong. Everything that's ever been taught is just completely wrong because you have a disagreement with my personality or, 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 or what have you. For instance, I don't want to be that type of false prophet. 
right? You can say what you want to say, feel how you want to feel. I know how I feel. I do not want to be a false prophet. I don't want you following me because you like me. I don't want you following me at all, right? I want you following the scriptures. I, want, I, I, I hope you're working on your salvation of Christ and when his kingdom gets here. And listen, I'm trying to work on my salvation for when Christ and his kingdom get here. You know, like we're always quoting, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is all about God's will, what he wants, his righteousness, his laws, his rules, his way being, followed, being established on earth. Not Mashallah's way, not my way, not because this is how I feel, okay, but because this is what the scripture says. This is what the Most High says. So, brothers and sisters, one thing I try and do and, and why this series is being so extensive, that I come from that world, I come from that time where we would try and get the whole topic in in, in two hours or three hours, maybe four hours, five hours in one night and just, just go at it. But it's gotten to the point where, no, some of these things take some real in-depth research. It takes some real in-depth looking at. We have to get the, 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 uh, not only the, the, the background of what's going on, to get the historical context of what's going on, to really, really get some understanding of what's being said and being laid down and why it's being said this way. And what, what was, what, when the authors, when the prophets were writing down these prophecies, what mindset were they in? What mindset did God have them in? What mindset was God coming from? And being, you, you know how the saying goes, don't get mad at the messenger. All the messengers do is delivering a message. And I know that that goes on, that goes without saying, that the way people are, they're going to hate the messenger no matter what. Ain't no getting around that. It, it, I, I completely understand that. There's no getting around the messenger. You, people going to hate it. They kill Christ. The Jews kill Christ because of his message. So to think that now in the year 2023 that people still don't want to feel like they want to kill Christ because Christ goes against their desires. Christ goes against their feelings. To think that in 2023 somehow things are going to change now, that, that's fanciful thinking. That, 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 that's, I know that, that's, that's just a dream. I, I know that 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 is that that's that is most definitely an illusion. I get that. So one thing we we strive for here with the blog talk, and and recent then it was named blog talk, a Bible talk. Excuse me, not blog talk, Bible talk. The reason I named the show Bible talk back back in 2010 is that I don't want you following this because because I got good jokes. Because I've got a unique uh, uh, perspective that you happen to agree with. Let's let the Bible do the talking. What does the scripture say? Not the, not the opinion of a person. But we're going to sit down and have this big filibuster, and everybody's going to just read scripture. Then, well, what do you get from it? Well, I think you're saying this. Well, I think you're saying that. And you're getting these, these, into these conversations with people who don't study the Bible at all. Think about that, brothers and sisters. You get into a conversation with people about what a Bible scripture says, and they don't read the Bible at all. But you're going to ask them for their insight about what a Bible verse is saying, and they don't study at all? Wouldn't that be like going to, like, 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 
if your car is having problems, would you go to a guy on a bus stop and ask him for his opinion about what's going on with your car? That almost seems ludicrous, don't it? First off, you have the car. If this person on the bus, they don't have a vehicle. So why would you just roll up to a random stranger who's at a bus stop waiting for a bus? Why would you go to them and ask their opinion about what you what they might think might be wrong with your car? You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do something like that. But you but people will go to people who don't study the book at all, who don't read the book at all, and ask them for their opinion about a Bible verse, about, about, about something being said, about something in the Bible. And now if this person says something they like, I'll say, now that's a good person. I'll say, that's a, that's, that's a good person who, who's close to God. Because they said something you like, and they ain't studied the Bible. They, I, I, I've said it before. I've said it again. And this is not to throw anybody under the bus. A lot of people follow people who never read the Bible, and they've not read the entire Bible through one time at all. But because they have a certain look, they sound a certain way, they have a certain way that they talk, they might even have financial status. But because of these factors, a scripture gets read, all of a sudden, that's an expert they know what they're talking about versus somebody who's been studying the Bible versus somebody who's trying to make sure you're getting what the book says. That will be considered. That will be considered. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm taking a long time on this soapbox right here, um, but brother, this is one reason, again, why, why the series that, that, that I do, the series that, that the Brother Tazapah does, the series that even about the Brother Tazapah does on his Friday Night uh, Breakdowns, uh, even when you go to classes with the, the Brother Award, you go to class with uh, Kazakia, uh, you, you'll see that the, the, these topics take some time to thoroughly go through. They take some time. They take a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot, a lot of time to put these things together to make sure you're not getting, uh, I'll speak for myself on this one, I don't want you getting me. I, for as much as, as, as you might hear brother say, um, it's not what I'm saying, it's what the Bible says. I, brother says, I take that to heart. Personally, I take that to heart. This is what the book says. And then we put together the history and, and, and master history, but the prophecies of what the book is saying. This is what, how you know you get what the book says. And as I must, I'm trying to remove me out the picture. All right. But again, people are going to find whatever excuses they have for whatever they have. But again, in going over this series, the true birth of Christ, which came behind the series on what it means to deny Christ. And see, this is why I got I to be careful if I, if I really want to get rid of blog talk and shouldn't go ahead and just pay it because we've got series that we, and, and, and classes and topics that we've been covering that go back well over a year, brothers and sisters, that, that, that some have 
some series that we've done have 21 parts to the whole series. Um, the Brother Talks of Pot is still on Never Wax Fail. And all the different uh, uh, series and sub-series that he's gone into just on the topic about never waxing pale. So I really consider it. I really want to um, let go of the, of the premium package that we have and lose all those classes. I, I, I've still got, you know, I'm putting thought to it. I'm putting thought to it. But the series that we're dealing with now, The True Birth of Christ, um, we, we're going in scuba diving. We're, we're trying to go to the abyss. I, uh, I'm trying to get to the bottom of really trying to get some understanding about the true birth of Christ and where the concept of uh, uh, the belief of things like the Immaculate Conception, uh, we, we've covered this so extensively. Um, from Reverend's books, like, uh, from Babylon, uh, The Two Babylons by Arthur Hislop, um, uh, uh, going into historical research with the, the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, going into research with uh, World Book Encyclopedia, um, and trying to go in as depth and in, in, in as much depth as possible to bring out facts, to bring out history, um, and which is a very true statement. If you don't know your history, you are bound to to repeat it. If you do not know your history, you're bound to repeat it. Which goes with the with Solomon told us in Ecclesiastes that there is nothing new under the sun. There literally is nothing new under the sun, all right? So the last time we was able to broadcast, I was able to get my, 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 uh, do a broadcast show, was, as I keep saying, December 11th was the last show that we did. And we were covering uh, Antichrist. And then with the true birth of Christ, we were dealing with Antichrist, all right? And that's why I have my, my son Abaji here with me. Um, he's not here today. So, but we're going to pick up from there, and we're going to move on through this next hour, hour and a half, or uh, half hour, because we only got a hundred an hour and a half to do this show. So I'm not sure we're going to be able to get the whole. Oh, let me check. Oh, let me check. No, we have two hours. I'm sorry. We do have two hours to do this show, um, and we just hit the hour mark. We just hit the hour mark. So. Um, I'm pick up where we left off at as we go. We have this hour, so we left off with First um, John chapter two and verse eighteen. The book of First John chapter two and verse eighteen. I'm gonna pick up from that verse and we're gonna move on from there. Okay, brothers and sisters, uh, the book of First John chapter two and verse eighteen, where we left off the last show that we did for for this series as far as the true birth of Christ. And dealing with there are many antichrists. Alright? So in First John chapter two verse eighteen, the book of First John, chapter two, verse eighteen, it says, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists, whereby ye know that it is the last last time. And brothers, we did go into this extensively on the last class that we did. I invite you to please go and check it out. Um, uh, if you didn't get a chance to, uh, to, to listen to it, at, at www.blogtalkradio.com, uh, forward slash Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-V-A. We have a list of episodes there on iHeartRadio podcast, uh, under Bible Talk, we're there. Under um, uh, Apple iTunes podcast, 
uh, we're there. And on the Podcast Addict, right, we're, we're there on all those platforms for the last 300 shows that we've done. They keep a library of the last 300 shows that, that, that we produce there in, the, in their archives. Uh, please go and check them out. Uh, you can go in, and they're in chronological order from the, 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 newest, the, the newest that we've done to the earliest, going all the way back to the past 300 shows from whatever the, 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 the newest show is, right? So please go back and check this out, okay? Please go back and, and please re- re- listen, um, uh, get it, right? Go back and it, it, it's there for you, right? It's there for you. But we're being told here in First John chapter 2, verse 18, that we know there's supposed to be an Antichrist. And for movies like, you know, I talked to my, my father-in-law uh, just yesterday, um, The Exorcist, all right? Um, and, uh, you know, Damien. And, then, you know, that, that whole horror movie type of genre that, yeah, the Antichrist, you know, with the movies like Constantine um, and uh, Hellboy even, that, that, yeah, the, the Antichrist, the, Hellboy, the Antichrist, uh, um, that... We got this image that the media has given us about what the Antichrist must look like, which has really nothing to do with what the Bible's saying. But they found the word Antichrist in the Bible, and now they've made from movies to, to comic books to, 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 to books to novels um, about Antichrist. And the only reference to the Bible they use is like a scripture like this, but then there's no research. There's no research behind it. So the people are left with the only thing they have is the word Antichrist. They heard about it. It must be in the Bible. And now what's filling the head about Antichrist? Every movie they've seen about Antichrist. Every, every cartoon, every, every uh, media source, uh, every internet influence they can find about Antichrist, those visuals are in a person's head. And because they were, heard the word Antichrist, now they associate Antichrist with all the crap that we've gotten from movies, from television, from, from, from comic books, uh, from, from novels. There's got nothing to do with the Bible except the word Antichrist. But as far as the meaning and the context of what the Bible's saying, as far as what God is saying, that is not there. It's what you saw in a movie, which led to what you might have seen from a comic book. Well, that's what you might have seen in an anime series, which now leads to which a dream you might have had. And now from there, you got the full concept about Antichrist. You are now an expert ready to get, get on uh, a TikTok, ready to get on a Snapchat, ready to get on Facebook, ready to get on whatever, now to give your definitive, exhaustive research you've done about what it means to be Antichrist. Well, I've, in, in the same respects, I've done the same thing, all right? I've done the same thing. And we, we, we're discovering when we put the history together that when John wrote this, when the, the prophet John, the disciple who became the apostle John, wrote 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, some of the clues he gave us of that is already the last days. He was saying this in the first century after Christ was resurrected. We're in this 2000. 23, about to be 2024 right now. 2024. We looked this up. John wrote this around. I, I can do it. I can do it. I don't have to rush myself as we get back to the flow of things. Um, what year? I'm typing in Google, y'all. What 
year was first John written. Um, the exact date and location of first John are anomaly. That's the first John or is it second John? I know that's gonna be some yeah, first John, chapter two. All right, first John. It was chapter two, not 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 the other Johns. All right, so getting back to this Google search. Um the exact date and location of first John are unknown. It is likely that it was written in Ephesus between ninety five and one ten AD. Did everybody hear that? First John was written somewhere between 95 and 110 AD. If this was written in 95 AD, we know this after the fall of Jerusalem, all right? When the Romans came in in 70 AD and destroyed Jerusalem. That's the last time we as Israelites had a stronghold in our homeland was in 70 AD when the Romans came and, and, and defiled us, kicked us out, and put us in slavery, and, and we, we got spread into slavery across the whole world. All right, so that was 95 AD, between 95 and 110 AD. A little bit of math, y'all, little bit of math. If we're in the year 2023, um, calculator, 2023, Minus, I'm going to go with the earliest one of 95 AD. So minus 95. Brothers and you do realize that means that this first John was written 1,928 years ago. All right? 1,928 years ago is when the book of first John was written, give or take a few years, right? Give or take a few years, approximately. Let me, let me be more precise. Approximately 1,920 years ago is when the book of First John was written, where we get the word antichrist from, okay? I'm not trying to be facetious. That he gave us this warning 1,920-some-odd years ago that it was already the last days. It was already the last time. And since we've heard about the Antichrist, that the Antichrist should come, that there are many Antichrists that were already there. Whereby we, we know that it's the last time. And brother says, remember, we were going over this last, last show that we did, the complete show we was able to do on this topic. To be Antichrist means to be you're against Christ. You're against Christ. You're against Christ's birth. You're against Christ's true purpose. You're against Christ's message. You're against him. The message that he said out of his mouth, not what you think you heard. There's many antichrists. And we went and was doing the research and showing how many other virgin births, so-called virgin births, there have been throughout history. And just about every civilization and every society from the days of Nimrod, the days of, 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 uh, uh, of Babel or Babylon, what experts call Sumer, all the way through the time of, of, of where John is giving us this, First John chapter 2, 
there was many antichrists. Osiris and Hera, um, Osiris and, and Isis, um, uh, and obviously Nimrod and Sarmacid and Tammuz, um, uh, Hercules, Zeus, um, uh, Hera, Thor, Frigga, Odin, um, uh, 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 from East India and, and uh, 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 Taiwan, across the whole world, brothers, since we we covered uh, uh, even here in 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 in, in uh, the Aztec uh, culture and and he's in uh, worships, even though they're Israelites to to, to the Incan. That is, brothers, we it, there's many antichrists. Those that are against Christ, right? Many that are against Christ, and we're dealing with the the, the the perspective of being against Christ and trying to proclaim some divine pregnancy. Okay, so when we go to the Eastern Bible Dictionary, to the Eastern Bible Dictionary, and we look at the word Antichrist. It says against Christ, or in opposition, or in opposition Christ. A rival Christ. Come on, brothers and sisters. <sighs> to be an antichrist means you're against Christ. An antichrist or antichrist, plural, is something to someone who is in opposition to Christ. An antichrist to be a rival Christ, that you're being taught something to rival the truth about Jesus Christ, about Yahweh Shai. You're being taught something to rival that. For example, as you hear a lot of Hebrew Israelites going to, that according to the Bible, Jesus Christ would be a man of color, a so-called black man, a so-called Negro. That according to Revelation chapter 1, verses uh, uh, 12 through 18, or uh, I'm sorry, 12 through 15, yes, he described as a man of color, with skin so dark that he was burnt in the oven, eyes red, uh, bloodshot red, uh, uh, white woolly hair on his head and on his beard. Can't get around that. Bible describes him as a black man. He's from the tribe of Judah, uh, from Hebrews 7, 14, and from Jeremiah 14 and 2, the tribe of Judah is black into the ground, meaning different shades of brown. The Jews, dark. Can't get around that. Have melanin, all right? And woolly hair. We can't escape that. That's what the Bible says. So there's a rival Christ would be now, if you're being taught about a Korean Christ, if you're being taught about a white Christ, if we talk about a Christ born on December 25th, that's against Christ. That's something to rival or be in opposition to the true Christ, his purpose, his mission, his whole existence. Okay? So that's from the Eastern Bible Dictionary. Brother says it's from the Eastern Bible Dictionary. Now, let's go ahead and get into this, the birth of Jesus Christ, how it's foretold. And this is going to take us. This is going to take us a couple, couple parts, brothers and sisters. This is going to take us a few parts to go into this. But let's, let's give him that good, good old college try. Let's go to Luke chapter one. Now let's go to Luke chapter one, and we're going to read verses twenty-six and twenty-seven. Right, Luke chapter one, verses twenty-six and twenty-seven, and it says, "In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel." was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin, virgin's name was Mary. 
a lot of us are kind of, kind of are vaguely familiar with this as we're coming in uh, out of this Christmas season. You're vaguely remember, uh, uh, aware of this, but we're going to we're going to read ex, uh, distinctly, uh, like the scriptures tells us to. Right? We're going to read distinct Nehemiah chapter eight verse eight, I believe it is, that we're going to read this distinctly to get the understanding of. Okay, so in the sixth month, Luke chapter one verse twenty six. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Okay? Now, we have to look up this word virgin. Being here in America, in Western society, in this Western hemisphere, We've only been taught to associate the word virgin with somebody who's never had sex, all right? That's what the, the, the definition has mutated into, that the only understanding that we have of virgin is someone who's never had sex. But is that the origin of the word virgin? Is that the etymology of the word virgin that has only ever meant someone who's never had sex? Because that right now, brothers and sisters, is the controversy. That right now is the controversy where you have millions of people in Protestant churches, Catholic churches, Baptist churches that hold on to the notion that Jesus Christ was miraculously born from a virgin who never had sex, that, that this woman, this, 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 this female, was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, by a spirit, by a God. And brothers and sisters, in dealing with the Antichrist, we've gone over this series about how many other people, how many other women claim to be impregnated by a spirit, by a God, and gave birth to a divine son, that that false, fake, heathen narrative has been told and retold from the days of Nimrod going back to the Tower of Babel and coming forward since then, and it has its, 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 its uh, um, seeds in every civilization on the planet Earth. Long before we're reading here in Luke chapter 1 about the angel Gabriel being sent to a virgin whose name was Mary, who was a spouse to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Okay? So we're going to the word virgin, right, from the Oxford Language Dictionary, Oxford Dictionary for virgin. All right? Definition number one, true enough, a person who has never had sexual intercourse. That's from Oxford, y'all. Okay. Pretty reputable. Pretty, pretty, pretty reputable. Definition number one says a person who has never had sexual intercourse. All right? Um, and that's the modern-day definition that most people have. We're we going to check this out. In doing the search, and, yes, I'm using the generative, generative AI all right, on Google, Google search. And it says, the Hebrew word for virgin is Bethula, 
The word Alma means a young woman who may or may not be a virgin. Did you catch that? In Hebrew, brothers and sisters, Hebrew, in Hebrew, there are three different words for the word virgin, giving us what? Three different definitions for the word virgin, not just the modern-day Oxford definition of virgin. In Hebrew, there are three different words for the word virgin. The Hebrew word for virgin is batula. The word alma means young woman who may or may not be a virgin. Alma also means a young woman, especially unmarried. Okay? This is very important, brothers and sisters. We, 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 and yes, we're about to split hairs. We're going to be spending some hairs with this because it's very important. There's three different uh, uh, words for virgin. And let me see if I got it here. Yes. Okay, that's wedding. Where is virgin? All right, got it, got it, got it. Give me two seconds, brothers and sisters. Give me two seconds. Where's my other phone? Where's my magnifying glass? The eyes are getting old. They're getting better, but they're getting old. Um, I need my magnifier. I need my magnifier with the lights. Because, yes, I'm going, we're going to be going to a reference book. We're going to be going to a reference book. All right? Um, oh, this has got some, got some power to it, too. And brothers and sisters, the reason I'm doing this right now also, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I am stalling. Uh, I will tell the truth, I am stalling. I don't want to get so ahead of myself and get so passionate and bring this out that I miss some steps. All right? I don't want to get so, so, so over-enthused and so zealous that I miss some steps in us going over this. Okay? Which I know I, it will happen. So I'm using this to try and pace myself so, I can, so we can really bring this out so you can get this information also for yourself because I know that I will steamroll right through this. Right? I know I will steamroll through this and well, no understanding be given. Okay? So as I wait for my phone to come up now, for the generative, generative AI, the Hebrew word for virgin is Bethula. The word Alma means young woman who may or may not be a virgin. All right? The word Alma means a young woman who may or may not be a virgin. So she might be a young woman who has not had sex, or she may be a young woman who has had sex. See, in, in the Hebrew culture, a, a virgin can just be a young woman whether she's had sex or not. You can have a young woman who's had sex, and because she's a young woman, she still be considered a virgin. Or you have a young woman, she's a young woman, and she's never had sex before. Okay? 
Alma also means a young woman, especially unmarried, okay? So etymology and social context. Scholars thus agree that Alma refers to a woman of childbearing age without implying virginity, all right? So this is from Google research, Google search, etymology and social context. Scholars, scholars thus agree that Alma refers to a young woman, to, to, I'm sorry, scholars thus agree that Alma refers to a young woman of childbearing age without implying virginity. The fact that a young woman reaches puberty, she can be considered a virgin. She can be of childbearing age with, without implying that she's never had sex. All right? I know this is, is for people who don't study, I know this is mind-blowing. And for people who just, just don't do any type of, 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 of research, this is really mind-blowing. That you can have a young woman, the fact that she's of childbearing age, childbearing age, she might have had sex and can still be called a virgin because she's a young woman. Or because she's a young woman of childbearing age, she's never had sex. That can also be considered a virgin. Okay? There's different definitions in the Hebrew culture for the word virgin. Uh, and I got that little thing from Wikipedia, all right, from Wikipedia under the word Alma, A-L-M-A-H. And it's funny how you might hear that the, um, in many, many uh, Spanish-speaking uh, uh, societies, you might hear about uh, young women being named Alma. Right? They might get that name Alma. Well, guess what? That name Alma is Hebrew. All right, that, that name Alma is Hebrew, <laughs> meaning a young woman. All right, a young woman. So now we're going to go to the Zunderman Compact Bible Dictionary. All right, now we're going to go to the Zunderman Compact Bible Dictionary. And this is where I got to, got to manipulate and get my, I, I not just use the word manipulate. This is where I got to get my magnifier and actually pull out my Zondervan Pictorial Bible Dictionary. The Zondervan Pictorial Bible Dictionary. This is an actual reference book, y'all. And y'all, with my eyes, um, this font in this book is very small. So I've got to now get my magnifier with the light and wait for this to focus so I can bring this up. So from the Zondervan Pictorial Bible Dictionary, the Zondervan Pictorial Bible Dictionary, the word virgin, all right? Virgin. This word refers, uh, renders three Hebrew and Greek terms. Number one, bathula, from a root meaning to separate, is the technical term for virgin. A young, unmarried woman, all right? And they reference, we're going to get some of these. Genesis chapter 24, verse 16. Exodus chapter 22, 
verse 16, in reference, and 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 2. It says, it is a, come on, come on, magnifier. It also used figuratively to personify a city or a state. From Isaiah chapter 20, verse 12, Isaiah chapter 47, verse 1, and Amos chapter 5, verse 2. Now, check it out. Here we go now. Alma, Deviation number 2, Alma, used of a young woman of marriageable age, whether married or not. Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 24, verse 43, um, Song of Solomon chapter 1, verse 3, Song of Solomon chapter 6, verse 8, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and etc. Only the context can give it the force of virgin. All right? So, just getting that understanding, brothers and sisters, that you can have a young woman. She's a marriageable age, whether she's married or not. Whether she's had sex or not, she can still be considered a virgin. All right? It's not just the modern-day Western definition that it just means, it only means a woman who's never had sex. No. It can be a young woman who's of marriageable age. She's had sex. She can still be called a virgin. All right? When we go to the Good News Bible, when we go to the Good News Bible for Genesis, for Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 26 and 27. All right? Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Let me see here. Did I get a message? So Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Or 27. From the Good News Bible, it says, he had a message for a young woman promising marriage to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Her name was Mary. So we'll read Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I'm sorry, let me read in the, in the King James. When we read Luke chapter 1, verse 27, it says, To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. When we read the same message, the same letter, and the Good News Bible is translated, and it says this from the Good News Bible. He, referring to Gabriel, he had a message for a young woman. It didn't say virgin here. It says a young woman. Promised in marriage to a man named Joseph. The King James told us um, to a virgin, uh, espoused to a man named Joseph. The Good News goes on to say, who was a descendant of David. And uh, the King James says, of the house of David, and her name was Mary. We're looking to the James Mentor New Testament. And y'all know I like this guy a lot. Let me, let me make sure I got his, uh, I'm saying it right. The J-M-N-T. The Jonathan Mitchell, I'm sorry, Jonathan Mitchell New Testament. The Jonathan Mitchell New Testament. When we look at Luke chapter 1, verse 27, and uh, from the James Mitchell New Testament, this is, the, this is the translation that he's compiled. For Luke chapter 1, verse 27, it says, To a virgin girl, in, in parentheses, a girl of marriageable age, an unmarried woman. Reading on. So, so to a virgin girl, it could be a girl of marriageable age. It could be to an unmarried woman. 
having been engaged, meaning espoused or promised in marriage, to an adult male named Joseph from out of the house of David, and her name and the name of the virgin girl is Mary or Miriam. All right. Mary, we know, is the Greek word, the Greek word for saying Miriam. Y'all might remember uh, Moses' uh, sister Miriam. All right. Uh, that's how we, how we said in the Hebrew uh, transliteration. In Greek, it came out as Mary. Okay. In Greek, it came out as Mary. Uh, so Mary and Miriam uh, are the same name. Not the same people, but it's the same name. Mary, Miriam is the same in, in, when we read in the Hebrew. Okay. So for the James Mitchell New Testament, it says to a virgin girl who is what? A girl of marriageable age. She's a marriageable age to a unmarried woman having been engaged or espoused, promised in marriage to an adult male named Joseph from out of the house of David. And the name of the virgin girl is Mary or Miriam. So we're finding out that David, that, uh, that Joseph in this verse, Joseph is the actual descendant of King David. Brother says we're going to mark that, put a bookmark in, in, in your mind for all the, that we're bringing out right now. Don't keep a bookmark. We're, we're going to return back to that. We're going to address that even more in depth, how Joseph was of the house of David, right? He, that Joseph is a descendant of David. So from the Good News Bible, it, it's not translated as virgin. It says a young woman. When we look at the James uh, Mitchell New Testament, a virgin girl, meaning a girl of marriageable age. She's of marriageable age. She's of the age now. She can get married. She's of childbearing age. She's a young woman. All right? That's who Gabriel was sent to, a young woman who was of marriageable age, and she happened to be engaged or espoused or, or was promised to be given in marriage to Joseph, who was of a descendant of the house of David. All right? Now, getting some of these other references about virgin. When we go and, and, and get other Bible verses together and get other Bible history together, please join me in going to Genesis chapter 24, verse 16. Please join me in going to Genesis chapter 24 and verse 16. And it says, And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to, to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. Now, I didn't go, I'm not going into the particulars. I believe this is Rachel. I believe this is talking about Rachel. It might be Rebecca. Um, but I, I, didn't, I didn't focus on that part. I want to get to the other key words in this verse right here. The damsel was very fair to look upon. I believe this was Rebecca. See, now, now I got to go and look. Give me one second. Let me, let me get this. Genesis chapter 24. It's Isaac and Rebecca. All right, this is Rebecca. All right, this is Rebecca. So this is when Isaac finally first sees Rebecca. And it says in Genesis chapter 24, verse 16, and the damsel was very fair to look upon. 
This damsel is known as a virgin. Now check it out. Neither had any man known her. If the word virgin, virgin, only meant a woman or a person who's never had sex, why was it stressed here that this virgin had not, neither had any man known her? Wouldn't that have been covered just to say she was a virgin? If the word virgin only had one definition? Yeah, it would have been. That, that's, 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 not, that's not hard to put together. If the word virgin only meant, only meant a, a, a person who's never had sexual intercourse, there'd be no need to, have to come back and, and, and reiterate, neither had any man known her. Again, if we were looking at it from a, a Western philosophy, a Western doctrine, a Western um, uh, educational system, and only believing that virgin only meant a person who's never had sex, there'd be no need for that. But to understand the Hebrew culture, the Hebrew way of putting things, and understanding Hebrew terminology, when we look at it, it says, and the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, not that any man known her. That is then to be stated that she was a, a young woman, she was very beautiful, and she never, and even though she's a virgin, she never had sex. So guess what? She could have been a virgin and still had sex and still be, and still be called a virgin according to Hebrew doctrine, according to biblical doctrine. She could still be considered a virgin, and she could have had known a man. That was not going to take away from her beauty. That was not going to take away from the fact that she'd be called a virgin because she's a young woman. What I'm trying to stress here and trying to bring out, brothers and sisters, is that just to believe that the word virgin only means a person who's never had sex, according to biblical history and biblical doctrine and biblical culture, that is not true. A, a young woman can be of childbearing age. She can be of marriageable age. And whether she's had sex or not had sex, she can still be called a virgin. The word virgin has, the emphasis is more on her age as opposed to just being about her, uh, her sexual maturity, as opposed to her sexual experiences. In America, Western society, what I keep trying to bring out, the word virgin, is, the emphasis is on her sexual experiences. But when this word virgin or young woman is used in biblical terms, it's not referring to her sexual experiences, it's referring to her age. Is referring to her age. All right? From there. When we go to Leviticus chapter 21. When we go to Leviticus chapter 21, I do want to pull this, this verse up. All right, let's go to Leviticus chapter 21. There were certain um, laws that were in place concerning the, the, the high priest, right, and, and how important their office and how important their duty is or was, okay, that, uh, you know, at one time out of the year, 
the high priest had to be undefiled. And he would go um, for the Day of Atonement, and he would offer a sacrifice for all the sins of the people uh, for, that, for the previous year. And that the Lord God would forgive all the sins of the people for the previous year from the offering that the high priest gave during the time of the, the, the Day of Atonement. So it was very, his job was very important. So he could not be defiled when he came to do this because he actually went inside the Holy of Holies. Uh, when we had the tabernacle, we had the, 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 the tabernacle, we had the court, and we had the inner court with the Holy of Holies that the high priest only entered there one time a year to offer up sacrifice to the Most High. If he was defiled in any type of way, then it, it, it's very possible he might just drop dead because he was defiled. So it was very important that he stayed um, uh, ceremonially un uh, uh, pure, that he stayed ceremonially clean. It was very important for, 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 for him and because he was going before the Most High for the sins of all the people. Very heavy, very heavy, very, very um, uh, uh, prestigious uh, duty to be, to be held. That Only he could do it. No one else could do it. Only he could do that job. So we come back now to Leviticus chapter 21 and verse 1. The book of Leviticus chapter 21 and verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto the priests, the sons of Aaron, and said unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead body among his people, that if one of your close ones, if, if you can't be defiled because somebody close to you dies, or because some, some, not even close to you, because someone dies. You can't defile yourself because of the position and the status that you hold. That you have nobody else that can hold your position. If you're just a farmer and, and, and someone dies, you've got other people that can go in and can, can continue your duties while you're mourning, while you're going through whatever you're going through, because you're a farmer. That, that, um, you're, you, you run a business or what have you. You can sit down. It's not going to be a thing. But to be the high priest? Who is actually you're offering your your job is to offer up the sins of the people to ask for God's forgiveness. You you you're not in the regular position as everybody else. You don't have a regular job or regular duties where you can you can just take off like that. Can't happen. All right. So verse uh, two, Leviticus chapter twenty one, verse two. It says, for, "But for his kin that is near to him, that is for his mother." For his father, and for his son, and for his daughter, and for his brother. So check it out. The only way that this the high priest could be defiled, and that he, you know, obviously the the relationship he has with, with these people, they're so close to him that it'd be uh, be hard for him to to still keep doing his office. All right, but check out what it, what it says. The only ones he can be defiled for would be for his kin, that is near to him, his family that's close to him. For his mother, cool, you can be defiled for that. You can go to her funeral. For his, for his mother, for his father, you can go to her funeral. For a son, he can go to that funeral. For his daughter, he can go to, to that funeral. Or for his brother, he can go to that funeral. But now check this out. Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 21, verse 3. And for his sister, a virgin. That is nigh unto him, which has had no husband, for her he may be defiled. Look at the terminology. 
Don't just call it to the genders, because I, I, I almost say that in the background now. It's not about the gender thing, but let's look at the context about the virgin. Leviticus chapter 21, verse 3, and for his sister, a virgin, who will be a young woman, that this who the high priest could go to her funeral. For his sister, a virgin, that is mine unto him, which has had no husband. If, if he has a sister who's a young woman who's never had sex, never had a husband, he can be defiled for her. But if she's a young woman who had sex, who had a husband, and she died, he can't become defiled for He can't go to her funeral. And I'm not getting into particulars of that law as much as uh, what I've covered already. I don't, want to lose, I don't want to lose context about the concept of virgin here. If she is a virgin and she's had no husband, did you don't catch that? Which has had no husband. She's a virgin and had no husband. Or she could be a virgin who has a husband. Which means she had sex. And she's a virgin who had a husband who had sex. He cannot be defiled for that, his sister. But she was a virgin, a young woman who never had sex. He can go to her funeral. He can attend her funeral. And I know that I know what was hard right now to understand or, 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 or receive is trying to overdo all the mental programming that we've gotten from being here in America and what, what we've been, has been conditioned in our minds to believe the only definition of what a virgin is. But we're trying to look at this biblically through God's eyes, from his perspective, not America and your perspective. Okay? From a biblical perspective, a young woman can be married, can have had sex. She can still be considered a virgin. Or she can be a young woman who's never had sex, she could still be considered a virgin. The concept of virgin in dealing with Hebrew and dealing with the Bible has nothing to do, again, with her sexual experiences as much as being a virgin is dealing with the age of that young woman, of that woman. All right? From there, let's go to Joel. The book of Joel, chapter 1, verse 8. All right, the book of Joel, chapter 1, verse 8. The book of Joel, or Joel, which one works for you? Which one floats your boat? Joel or Joel, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Lament like a virgin uh, girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. I, I, I really wanted to bring this verse out also. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. So this young woman is married and had a husband from her youth. She had a husband, and we're going to get into this, she had sex. She was a young woman who had sex. But what I want us to take a look at here, take notice of it here, is in, is in Joel chapter 1 and verse 8. She's a young woman who had a husband. And what was she still called? She was still called a virgin. She's a young woman who got married, who had sex, and yet she's still considered to be a virgin. Because, again, the biblical 
reference for a virgin had nothing to do with a woman's sexual experience. The word virgin was a title given to a, a young woman's age. All right? It was referring to her age, regardless of her sexual experience. Whether she's had sex or not, she still could be considered a virgin. Okay? From there, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 19. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 19. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 19. And it says, and they shall immerse him. Oh, okay, hold up. No, we got to get this. Deuteronomy chapter 22. This is about to get good. I always like this reference here. This is me personal. Deuteronomy chapter 22. And we're going to get verse, okay, my notes are 19, but we're going to start above that. Um, I'm going to start verse 13, all right? We're going to go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22, we're going to start verse 13. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 22, and we're going to start verse 13. It says, um, let, me, let me check this, let me check this. Are we still broadcasting? Okay, we are currently experiencing an issue with our live broadcast system. Um, our engineers are working to fix the issue. Okay, I hope you are, and I hope we're still broadcasting. I pray that we're still broadcasting. All right. Um, how do I want to do this, y'all? I'm going to like you hear her in the background. All right, we're going to, we're going to try this. We're going to try this. I just got to be conscious, all right? So going to Deuteronomy, chapter 22, and we're going to start verse 13. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 22, verse 13, it says, if any man take a wife, and go in unto her, and hate her, and give occasions of speech against her, and bring up an evil name upon her, and say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. Right, so check this out, y'all. If any man take a wife, and go in unto her, and hate her. So a man takes a young woman, takes a wife. He has sex with her. But then he, has, he comes up with, with a reason that he can't stand her. All right? And in verse 14, he gives occasions of speech against her and brings up an evil name upon her and say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother uh, take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city of the gate. Now, let me see if I got this here. Let me see if I got this here. Yes, we're going to be reading this. Yes, we will be reading this. All right, that's, that's marriage, that's wedding. Did I also get 
marriage. Yeah, we're going to be getting these here. Okay, cool. So, you might be asking me, which would be a good question. What the hell are a token of a damsel's virginity? All right. Um, so, going back to the Zonovan, Pictorial Bible Dictionary. Going back to the Zonovan, Pictorial Bible Dictionary. We want to look up the definition of wedding from the Zondervan Pictorial Bible Dictionary. The definition of wedding, and it reads, uh, wedding. Marriage customs in the Bible center around the two events of betrothal and the wedding. So the two biggest things that in, in, in Bible times, biblical times, in, in, in Hebrew times, Hebrew culture, is you have the betrothal and then you have the actual wedding, right? Those are the two biggest events in dealing with a, a, a wedding, all right? It says the wedding itself did not include a religious ceremony. I hope we kind of heard that. The wedding itself did not include a religious ceremony, okay? And it says, although it is probable that the betrothal was ratified by an oath, all right? Uh, and after the exile, written contracts were drawn up and sealed. On the day of the wedding, check this out now, on the day of the wedding, the bride dressed in white uh, elaborately um, embroidered uh, robes bedecked herself with jewels from Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10 and put on a veil from Genesis chapter 20 verse uh, 65 and a garland. The bridegroom attended by friends and accompanied by musicians and singers went to the bride's house from Matthew chapter 25 or 7. And then after receiving her from her parents with their blessing, he conducted the whole party back to his own house. On the way, on the way, other friends of the bride and groom joined the party and there was much music and dancing from Psalm chapter 45 verse 15. A feast was held at the bridegroom's house. Later in the evening, the bride's parents escorted her to the nuptial chamber from Genesis chapter 20. 9 verse 23 while he was led there by his friends or the bride's parents the next day the festivities were resumed 
and continued for one or two weeks. The wedding uh, festivities included much music and joking. I, I just want to give this definition, brothers and sisters, that did you notice how it said that the bridegroom, the bride was led to the nuptial chamber, and that the bride, the groom was led there by, well, let me slow down. She was led to the bride, to the, she was led to the nuptial chamber by her parents. He was led to the nuptial chamber by his friends. The reason that the, the parents would lead the, the, their daughter to the nuptial chamber is because they would put a sheet down on the bed, um, uh, basically essentially would become the honeymoon nights, okay? And because she had never had sex in, in this case, she was a young woman who had never had sex. When this man had sex with her, there'd be blood, all right? There'd be blood. And the, that, that sheet would be given to her father and to the mother as proof that they were responsible parents and that they made sure that their daughter never had sex before her marriage date. Not just this thing of uh, go out and date someone until you find someone you like. No, it was none of that. You'll be a, you're going to be a virgin. I mean, not only are you a young woman, but you're never going to have sex until it's with this, this person, with this man that we approve of. Okay? Now, coming back to the Deuteronomy chapter 22, it says, then I say a man takes a young woman, after you have sex with her, can't get along with her. Things he, he just, he, he wants to hit it and quit it. And now he's raising up a, this report that she's a hoe. That, that, when he, that first night he got with her, she'd already been with somebody else. She was not a virgin. The, the father, now, uh, during chapter 22, verse 15, then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. So part of the wedding and, and the, the marriage night, whatever, is that after this young woman had her, she had sex, with the blood being on the sheets, that would be given to the parents as proof that, yes, when she got married to this man, she never had known, she never had sex. She was a young woman, in this case, who never had sex. Not taking away the fact that she could still be a young woman, or there could still be a young woman who had sex, as to be called a virgin. But here we have a young woman who, in, uh, who had sex, but they were tokens of virginity. All right? Going back to Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 16. And the damsel's father shall say unto the, unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hated her. And lo, he has given occasion of speech against her, saying, I found, I found not thy daughter a maid. And yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. Did you notice the terminology here that it said the daughter of the maid? I gave not my daughter a maid. That is more a reference to a woman who's never had sex as opposed to being a virgin. Because in biblical terms, in Hebrew culture, a virgin was established by a woman's age, not her sexual experience. 
a maid is not a woman who never had sex. Okay? A woman now is a woman who never had sex. Reading out for Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 18. And the elders of that city shall take that man and chastise him. Literally beat the hell out of him. Verse 19. And they shall immerse him in a hundred shekels of silver. They're going to beat, it, they're going to beat him and it takes the money from him. And give them unto the father of the damsel. Because he has brought up an evil name against upon a virgin of Israel. And she shall be his wife. And he may not put her away all his days. Okay, so did y'all check that? In verse 19. That now, um, this, this man who brought up this evil report, that he, when he took this woman, she was, she was, she'd already, somebody had already slept with her. All right? That she already was sneaky, she already snuck out, she already got away, and uh, went and had sex with someone, and then I came to the marriage chamber, where I guess above her parents' uh, 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 knowledge, she'd been having sex, and now she went to the, to, to the uh, marriage chamber, and she was, had already had sex. Still could be considered a virgin, but she had sex. And now there'll be no tokens of virginity for proof that now he can put her away, all right? But if it turned out that the parents did have that token of her virginity, that they did, that when she got with this particular man that they knew of and approved of, she, was, she had no sexual experience. But and if he lied on her, he can't put her away. He goes, he's going to be beaten. He's going to have money taken from him. And notice how even though she's had, they've had sex, she's still called a virgin of Israel. She's still called a virgin of Israel. Because, again, I'm trying to give us reference that a virgin was not based on her sexual experience. A virgin was based on the age. All right? As time is running out, I'm going to finish this. We're going to call it a, call it a day today. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 20. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, that now a cool. No, there, was, there is no sheet that had her blood on it because she, she was promiscuous. She, 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 she was sneaky and went and had sex and, and went and did, did, did the deeds. So when now she is now sexually experienced, to still be a virgin, but now she's sexually experienced. All right? Verse 21. Then, check this out, y'all. Listen carefully. Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house. And the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she has wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shall thou put away evil from among you. Did y'all catch that? This is how important that, that look, being a, a, a woman, being given to marriage, and never having sex was very important. Because if her proof of virginity couldn't be proven, she'd be put to death and killed right there at her daddy's house. The front door of her daddy's house, the men of the city would kill her right there in front of the dad, in front of the mom, in front of all the family, in front of everybody. She was put to death for being a little whore, as what Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 21 says. Being a young woman who's a whore, she was put to death at the doorstep of her daddy's house. 
in front of everybody. All right, verse 22. If a man be found lying with a woman, okay, that's, that's it right there. All right, that's it right there. So I'm going to end the, this class with on that note right there. As I've seen, we got to our two-hour mark. And we're going to continue this, y'all. We are, we are, by no means are we done with this topic. By no means are we done with this topic right here. Okay? Let me save this right here. All right, we're going to continue this. Uh, today happens to be Wednesday. Today happens to be Wednesday. We're going to try and come back again tomorrow. All right, we're going to try and come back again tomorrow. Um, we're going to try and come back again tomorrow. All right, we're going to try and come back again to, uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're talking about uh, Thursdays, all right, with um, FYI Thursdays. We're going to try this tomorrow. And let me do this while we're here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hopefully this, this broadcast can come out proper. It's been a minute. A little patience, y'all, a little patience. Hello, hello. Testing, testing. One, two, three, testing. I, I believe this is working. I've got a microphone, y'all. And I still hear an echo. But we're going to try this. All right, we're going to definitely try this. So with that, uh, I do want to thank everybody for tuning in. Please check us out tomorrow as we're going to try and, and resume with FYI um, Thursdays. And with that, shalom.